Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we will explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm so excited. Today, we have your access to time-tested homeschool experience experience with our Sunlight Advisors. I'm so excited that we finally get you all together to talk and provide advice and introduce yourself. I'm just so excited. So let's get started. I'm going to let everyone introduce themselves. Tell me a little bit about your homeschool what you do at Sunlight and what your most rewarding part of your job is. Um, Judy, why don't you start? Welcome. Thanks, Steph. So I used to be a Sunlight advisor many, 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 many years ago. (laughs) And now I work as Sunlight's um, marketing sales coordinator. So I am busy putting uh, teams together to go out and travel to conventions Um, I'm also a retired homeschool mom of three amazing kids, and we have just started our second generation of Sunlighters in our family, so we're pretty excited about that. And the most rewarding part of my job, I think, is the opportunity to get to meet families, um, whether I talk to them on the phone or by email, but certainly face-to-face on the convention floor. Um, It is so much fun to see uh, young, brand-new families getting started in homeschooling. Perfect. Well, thank you, Judy, and welcome. Welcome, Debbie. Hi, how are you? I am great. Um, I'm Debbie. I homeschooled my four kids for 20-ish years. I've worked for Sunlight for most of that time, and um, it's a lot of fun. I wish my second generation around here was homeschooling, but they're not, so we're getting there. Um The most rewarding part of the job, I'll echo Judy, is really just talking to all the people and getting to answer their questions and help them see that they can really do this. Absolutely. Thank you, Debbie. And welcome, Margaret. Hi, thank you. Um, My name is Margaret. I've worked for Sunlight almost four years now. I have nine kids. My oldest will turn 27 this month. My youngest just turned six. So we are definitely in the midst of homeschooling and we've had successful homeschooling. So I think it it definitely spoils me because I can see how rich and how fruitful it's been my older ones. Um, so the, really the most rewarding thing for me is just talking with people and hearing their experiences and helping give them just a little bit, maybe a boost of confidence that they definitely can do this. Absolutely, thank you, Margaret and Barbara, welcome. Hi, uh, so I'm Barbara. Um, I homeschool my boys um, about 20 years um, from preschool to 12th grade. I have two sons. Um, they are now 26 and 30 years old. And I've been an advisor um, for as long as Debbie has, about 20-ish years, <laughs> kind of lost count after a while. Um, and um, I would say that the most two most important things are to um, empower customers um, to choose like this, the best sunlight curriculum programs for their family. And also then once they have it to encourage them, you know, to, to press on that they could do this. (laughs) Great. And Marcy, welcome. Hi, I'm Marcy. 
and I homeschooled my two girls, K through 12 with Sunlight. And um, I've been with Sunlight as an advisor for about five years. And I think the most rewarding thing for me is talking to other homeschool moms. And I love that moment when they go, oh, you mean I can do what I wanted to do? They call and they say, I'm thinking about doing this. Is it okay? And then by the end, it's like, oh, I just needed permission to do what I felt was best. And I love that moment when they feel empowered to do what they know they can do. I love it. Well, thank you. I'm Stephanie Rose. I'm Sunlight's community manager. My favorite part is getting together all of these wonderful homeschool um, veterans and experts and talking um, and having them share their stories with you. So that's my most rewarding part. So let's chat about um, the most, what is the most common question you hear in conversations with homeschool moms and dads? What's the most common question and what is your response? So what do you get so much on the phone that you would like to share here? I'll start. Okay, so I would say um, one of the biggest questions that we get is they wanna know if it includes, if our programs include lesson plans or planners um, and, and that sort of thing. So um, I just tell them, absolutely. I mean, it is the heart and soul of our program, which are instructor's guides. Everything's scheduled for you. Every single thing, every single book, it's got you know maps and questions and answers and you know for all the books that are in there. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Everything is, um, is there. You don't have to plan a single thing um, with Sunlight's programs. That's awesome. Any other common questions you hear? I'll go. Um, we often hear from people who are new to the whole literature-based learning approach, and they're worried about how to evaluate their students and how to assign grades and how that works. Um, and so I think it's really good to, to know and understand that in a classroom, that's the only way a teacher has to measure the students, because a teacher can't give 30 children the same type of attention. But when you're homeschooling your own children, you know when they don't understand. You don't need a test to tell you. And the good thing is, you're not just gonna give them an F on a test and move on, but you're gonna be able to take the time, stop, take the time to make sure they understand the concept and move on. Um, some people choose still to give objective grades and the questions that we give you for each book are a great way to do that. If you, if you are a person who really needs an objective measure, ask the questions, use them as a means of grading your student. And that's even more true as you get towards high school and you're getting ready to create a transcript. Um, but don't stress about grades. We also hear a lot about how do I do this? And especially this year with a lot of new homeschoolers who really weren't planning on it, they jump in and they don't even realize um, that they probably have a state homeschooling organization uh, that can help them with all the how do I do this? Not, I'm not talking about curriculum or how to use sunlight, but just how to get started this time of year. How do we pull our kids out? Um, and so often they'll call the school and the school doesn't understand homeschooling. So we often are telling people to talk to their state homeschooling organizations, find out what they need to do. Um, I've been asked multiple times in the last couple of weeks for letters verifying that their homeschooling, your state homeschooling organization has it. They have what you need. So you can um, talk to them and then come talk to us and we'll help choose materials 
that's what we're here for um, and helping helping you use your materials in a legal great way but it's not hard to do you just have to find the right places to ask those questions i would say as a mom of many i often get that question you know how can i make it work when i have this whole swath of kids and ages to hit and honestly sunlight works so great for that if the kids are within about three grades or three years of age you can definitely you know just bring them all together for that history and that science that you're reading aloud those little ones tagging along it just it really works well in a small group setting like that absolutely and judy what are you hearing at conventions well i think sometimes conventions are the first place that people will go before they pick up the phone before they request a catalog um, they hear about a convention or a friend um, invites them to go with them and so much of the time, what we get on the convention for when they step into our booth first is this overwhelming deer in the headlights kind of look like, wow, look at all those books. I'm supposed to do something with all of that. And so if we can get them to um, cross that imaginary line and step in and talk with one of our consultants in the booth, um, then we can reassure them that this absolutely is very doable. Um, very often you'll hear them say, but I, I don't have a degree in teaching. I've never taught anybody before. And again, um, just that ability to reassure them and allow them to pick up and touch and, and look at the books and the schedules. And then when we're all done, we recommend that they talk to an advisor when they have specific questions about um, placing an order for the materials. So it's really a very nice team relationship between our two groups. Absolutely. And I'm going to say that in the groups on Facebook, which is where I spend most of my time talking to customers, what I hear often is permission to be flexible, to change things up, to make it right for your family. And if there's something that's not fitting, if there's something that's not working, it's okay to skip it. It's okay to shorten your week. It's okay if you're having a stressful day to shut the books and go outside and play. And so I think that that's what I hear a lot of and what I'm trying to tell people a lot on the, on the groups. So um, that is great. Thank you all. So what you all homeschooled, what's the one thing you wish someone would have told you before you started homeschooling that would have helped you when you were in it? I wish somebody would have told me to relax. <laughs> so yes. much I, I look back at all the stress and all the worry and was I doing it right? Was I doing it enough? Should I do, you know, Latin and, you know, all those things. And um, now I look back on it and I go, the things that I thought were really important ended up being the things that I ended up thinking were least important at the end of my journey. So I wish somebody would have told me that at the beginning. So I would have saved all that time worrying. <laughs> I, I echo that. I mean, we... If I'd known that it really wasn't hard, I think, you know, if somebody had said, you really can do this. Um, I wasn't overly worried when I got started, but I didn't know what I was jumping into. I jumped in, just jumping in. And so I think if somebody had said, no, you're your kid's best teacher and you can do this. And um, you really don't have to worry about all those little things. Like Marcy said, those things you thought were really important probably aren't. Um, so, and you find out along, along the way, kind of like parenting, what, how you want to do it, what's important to you. 
I wish someone had told me that it all counts. Um, I remember stressing over, have we spent enough time on math or have we spent enough time on science or things of that nature? And a very wise woman who was just that much further down the road on her homeschool journey said to me, do you realize that when your kids get together in the kitchen and bake with you, that's math and that's science. And, and when you're outside with your kids and you're playing in the park or you're going on a hike, that's science. And so it really introduced me to the whole concept of a lifestyle of learning. Learning does not just happen when you sit down at the table and open a, a workbook in front of you. So I wish somebody would have told me that, that, that I will buy books for the rest of my life. Like I live <laughs> like I spend so much money on books still. I even bought the new um, HBLK and the science K. You know, my kids are graduated and my grandkids are two and six months old, but I'm gonna go through it just because I, I still I'm a lifelong learner. And um, I learned so much, you know, homeschooling then that I didn't think I would, that no one said, hey, you're going to learn right along with them. So yes, absolutely. Spend tons of money on books still now. <laughs> Margaret? I would say maybe not something that someone would have told me, but I wish I would have realized sooner how fantastic our four-day option is because I had that, that fear. I didn't want to miss out. I didn't want to miss those five-day books. And so I stuck many years to the five-day schedule and I wish we'd done the four-day sooner. It's such a blessing to have that, that empty day to, to explore or do field trips or anything. Absolutely. So let's talk about the mid-year homeschool doldrums. We're headed into them. It's after the holidays. Um, what is your prescription or cure for those doldrums? What do you tell people when they're struggling to get through um, this hard part of the school year? I think they just need to understand that it's one thing at a time, not even one day at a time. It's one assignment at a time. So pick one thing and do it. And maybe that's the day, but maybe not. And every day gets a little easier. I think that it is hard after the holidays. There's some sort of let down, you're halfway through, the, the new shininess has worn off, but it just pick something and do it and then pick something else and do it and don't look at the whole day at a time because sometimes that's, that's overwhelming. If you can, great, but if just one assignment at a time, one 10 minute stint on the couch with your kids, you know, one thing. I would you know say, what I wish I would have, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Barbara. <laughs> I would say, um, like, if you've just been going, 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 and, you, and you're waiting for the holidays to start, and it's just getting, like, drudgery, I would say just, like, literally just stop, take a break, you know, go enjoy a movie or something, uh, just be lazy for the day, like, literally, just be lazy, just sit around and, you know, just do whatever, and, um, and it's okay to do that because there's learning in everything, you know, whether you're teaching them how to do the dishes, you know, or even sweeping the floor, it's all, it's all about that, so it's okay to give yourself a break. Go ahead, Marcy, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, I wish somebody would have told me to take 
those weeks that were left in my binder and take some of them out because I feel like looking at that, you know, second semester in the binder was so discouraging after the new year because you feel like you've gotten so far into things and then you look at all of that you have left. I wish somebody would have told me, you know what, take some of that out of there. Do, you know, break it into three weeks at a time so that, that it just doesn't feel so overwhelming to get to the end. Sometimes I would actually put um, one week at a time on a clipboard and then put it back, you know, so it didn't look like so big <laughs> every, even from the beginning of the year. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's helpful too, to have something, you know, just as a family to look forward to. So maybe, you know, three weeks down the road and you finish that read aloud, maybe there's some type of movie or craft or field trip or something you can peg it to. And it's still, like Judy said, it's all learning. And you can just kind of look forward to that goal and it might help push you through some of those hard weeks. Another way <clears throat> to help get over that mid-year hump is maybe to change something up. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you always do math at the kitchen table. Well, let's try it on the living room floor. Something as simple as that. Or um, maybe you were just slogging through a read aloud before the holiday break and you all decided you didn't like the book. So close the book and put it on the shelf and start a different one. Um, maybe there's an elective that you could add to your school schedule that you didn't have before the holidays. So maybe you could add an art project or one of our hands-on kits or something that just gives it a fresh feel. I mean, maybe you just need to shake up things with your homeschool a little bit to give it a fresh feel. Absolutely. I've heard numerous times that every step forward is that much closer to the end. So remember that even what Deb said, even if you're just doing something little, you are accomplishing something. Um, so yeah, I would say for sure, all of these pieces of advice will get you closer to the end. And also schools, traditional schools, public schools built build in breaks. So make sure you're doing that too. They build in days off and, you know, they build in spring breaks and they build in, you know, work teachers days and all that stuff. Do that in your schedule too. And then like Margaret said, you might have something to look forward to, a break, a day off, uh, something fun. So, all right. When is it time to start thinking about next year? Now? <laughs> <laughs> now's good if you have some time off I would say probably um like maybe February March you know when it's springtime and things are you know blooming you know catalogs coming out with sunlight soon you know kind of kind of just look forward to like what does next year look like you know and then kind of um maybe look at the catalog kind of make a chart kind of plan things um look at the new programs give the advisors a call you know if you had some questions <laughs> regarding choosing but I would say like in the springtime when sunlight is um preparing for their new catalog year. Absolutely. It's ever too early. <laughs> I mean, See, during one of those doldrum days, you know, just, I, I would, I agree. Uh, you're never, it's never too early, but I used to do most of my planning in the spring. I always had an idea of where I was going. So if you don't know where you're going, now is a perfect time to find, figure that out details of how that looked when in my cart or when I placed my order usually came a little later as the new curriculum came out but 
anytime, do it anytime. But maybe, maybe today when you're struggling to get math done is a good day to look at your curriculum shop choices for next year. I was going to say, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who schedule it out from day, like, they're like, okay, we're going to start kindergarten and next year we're going to do this one next year and then, and then, and then all the way through. So I'm sorry, Margaret, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. No, I was just going to say that I think, you know, this is a great time of year as you're delving into stuff again, to start thinking about what, what's not working or what maybe, you know, in math or in language arts or somewhere, maybe some of those optional um, pieces, extra vocabulary or extra um, math type things might help that you might want to, you know, bring in next year or maybe start bringing in. I don't know if you go over the summer, maybe once you finish your stuff in the spring and then delve into something new, you might want to bring in some new pieces just to fill some of those holes or, or strengthen some of those areas. That's actually a really good point. What would you advise someone to do if they felt like something in their curriculum wasn't working. So like the math program they picked or, you know, anything like that, what would you, what kind of advice can you provide? I think they can definitely call us and we can walk them through what isn't working. You know, is it really the math program or maybe they might just want to add on a supplement because it maybe it's one target area that's a sticking spot or maybe really a lot of times people will call and they think something's not working and it's, they just kind of need to hear our voices saying, you know, that's perfectly normal or that's to be expected or I've seen that before and, you know, don't worry about it or here's some ideas we can brainstorm and you can try it, see how it works. If it's not working in a couple of weeks, call back and we can brainstorm some more ideas. So I think never being afraid to tweak or change things is important. I think one of the things to look at too is a lot of times I hear from families that, you know, my kid is just struggling to focus. I just, you know, I, we get started on something and he's looking around the room or his mind is obviously somewhere else. And one of the things I will often ask is, do you do um, any kind of physical exercise before your school day starts? Or do you wait and use that as a reward for school being finished. And a lot of times kids who struggle with focus, it's not the curriculum, it's just that they have uh, pent up energy that needs to be um, eliminated from the picture. And so maybe 15 or 20 minutes of going outside and running around or um, finding some sort of physical activity can solve what you thought was a curriculum problem or snack even like maybe the, you know if they're hungry um that was with the problem with our kids or sons like they were just hungry all the time or they made a little cranky or something else because they just needed the snacks cheese or something you know high protein so and that was always a good thing to have around <laughs> i was gonna say sometimes and i've talked to a couple moms about this recently it's actually not understanding what to expect from the curriculum so sometimes it's the curriculum sometimes it's something else but sometimes you just need to hear somebody say, that's normal. And this is how the curriculum worked um, because you have an expectation that something is gonna be happening or you're gonna be doing something or your child should be responding a certain way. And that's not necessarily the case. So sometimes it's just understanding your curriculum better. So all of this, just give us a call. Yeah. Sometimes 
the change up can be as simple as maybe we need to do math first, or, you know, um, my child needs to stand up to do spelling or whatever it is, you've learned some things in this semester that you can apply going into the home stretch um, because you, you're already past that intense, like learning how to do this thing. And now you can start to fine tune what you're doing and that can help you get through that last couple of months. What would you tell people who might be uh, like behind at this point? Like, you know, you want to be on week, what, 18 and you're on week 10, you know, what, what advice would you give to someone for that? Problem? I would say if it was, um, say history and science, I would just say, pick a day that you want to stop and just stop and call it a day, you know, and it's mostly going to be, maybe it's like when the younger levels and intro level, they're going to cover it again. Um, if they want to finish it, you know, take some time in the summer and pick up a book and, and just read it whenever, and maybe not do the science experiments with it, or, you know, do the questions with it, just read it just for pure pleasure. So just call it a day. <laughs> just stop. I think realizing that education is a year round lifelong thing, school year or not. Um, so just keep going. Um, pretty much everything we offer is, is for a range of ages and grades. So if you really feel like you want to finish, but it's May and you're done, it'll be there either in the summer, little bits at a time, or even September. And we can help you kind of walk through what that would look like. Um, maybe it's as simple as um, doing a little bit extra every day, even if it's just an extra day of read aloud or an extra day of history. I'm not talking about a lot, so that you actually need fewer that fewer days to finish your curriculum. But at this point, just keep going and try not to get too worked up by how many weeks you have left. Just keep going. For sure, move some of those books to before bed and have dad read some of them. Weekends. Yeah, on the weekends when you're in the car, there's lots of ways that you can stick those uh, books in there. And and we don't bind your sunlight um, in uh, instructor's guide. So you can pull things out and take them with you on the go if you'd like. So you could also do that. So let's let's wrap up with the one piece of advice you would love to leave moms and dads with. I don't. You could do this. You can do this. Very good. You can do this because so many moms, especially moms, worry about whether or not they can. You can. Yep, I agree. It's, it's easy. If you can read, you can do this. It's that simple. <laughs> it's very helpful to realize that even when you think you have failed at something or something hasn't worked or something didn't go the way you planned for it to go, that there is learning even in those experiences. And so failures tr aren't truly a failure. Failures are another opportunity to learn. I would say that I think education is all about setting goals. So I think that my biggest piece of advice is to understand that your homeschool doesn't have to look like somebody else's because your goals for your children might be different than somebody else's goals for their children. And if you have an overall goal in mind and you're working towards that goal, it's kind of like stirring your own pot, right? Your goals are being met in a way that might not be the way somebody else's goals are being met. And that's okay. 
Yeah, I would definitely echo Marcy. I often think that when I'm reading the connections board and I see, has anybody, and I just think, stop. Mm -hmm. Somebody has, and it worked great. And somebody has, and it was a disaster. And it's great to get feedback from people, but you just need to do your own thing and do what works for your family. Absolutely, the comparison, let it go. Mm -hmm. That go, don't go on Pinterest and think that you have to be like that. Don't look at the pictures. They're fun and beautiful on Instagram, but they're set up. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Real exactly. homeschooling is messy. Yeah. I'm just saying it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys joining today and giving your advice. And I hope that we've at least um, inspired and provided some encouragement to you moms and dads out there. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye guys. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>